I could murder a cocktail episode 12, the German cannibal. We're going to add a content warning for this one because it's actually a bit grim in places. So if you're going to listen, please make sure you're not cooking steak or in the bath. Hi and welcome to I Could Murder a Cocktail episode 12 and today we're going to be talking about Armin Mivers. The cocktail that we have chosen is the Woo Woo, which having previously not known who he was didn't sound very significant and now I'm like, ooh. Yeah, this was so hard to find a cocktail that matched. You would not believe how much time I spent, like cannibal cocktails, German cocktails, like everything. So it's Really scraping the bottom of the barrel, but you'll find out a little bit later why I've picked this one. Right, shall we give it a try? Sorry, guys, hang on. Mm. What do you want, Dave? Shout out to Dave, not... (laughs) Uh, no, shout out to Dave because he bought me uh, arches earlier when I realised I had none. So. Oh, well, that's quite nice. Oh, that's nice of him. I feel bad but... for being a bit like, not. <laughs> well, none of the rest of us got this offer. I've been texting him all week. He's my I'm biological father, and I've had no arches in my whole life, I don't think, Ellie. Well, obviously, he doesn't love you. That was a bit harsh. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to have to boot you off this. It's great being host. <laughs> well, this cocktail is delicious. I'm very much enjoying it. It is lovely. I've got all the wrong quantities, but all the right ingredients. Have we all actually got all the ingredients this Yeah, well, I thought it's easy because everyone could get, like, I could get this at the spa. I could get what I needed from the spa. So, result. Yeah, mine was. I just couldn't find the cranberry juice and I knew we had some at home and then I poured it out and it was like a shot's worth. <laughs> That's okay. So you've got a shot's worth of cranberry juice and filled the rest of the glass with the vodka and peach snaps. I, I, I added peach snaps and then just some peach. No, it's not juice, it's more squash. So you don't have the right ingredients. No, no, I have all the right ingredients. I just added some extra stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's so okay. You don't have the right ingredients, and you didn't do the right quantities. It's okay, Con. Look, look at the color of this. Mm, it did look like you pissed in a cup. Yeah. So this cranberry juice—it's not even proper cranberry juice. I realized like a second ago, it's cranberry juice drink. Oh, so- they all are. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know, 20% cranberry juice or whatever. But um, it went out of date last October. <laughs> um, it's okay. It's like the, it's the long life stuff. So even though it's out of date, it's still fine. If it's long life and it went off last October, imagine when we must have bought it. <laughs> imagine how long it must have been there. No, it's fine though. It tastes alright, and I added extra um, peach snaps to try and like you know the alcohol can purge any issues in it. Okay, so I have the right cocktail. I do have the right cocktail. I have the right cocktail that's not going to kill me. I have the spirit of the cocktail. I tell you what, a woo woo reminds me of. It reminds me of when you used to be able to get two pitchers in Weatherspoons for £10. Mm. 
Yeah. And I always used to get a woo-woo and a purple rain and just live my best life. And now it's the two for £12 and they're smaller pictures. Oh, that's disgusting. If you go there, don't get a con. It's absolutely... I thought, well, inflation, I'll pay the extra £2. Paid the extra £2 and had a smaller picture. Of all the awful things where the spoons have done, that, that is number one. At the bottom of the list, actually. <laughs> also, the pictures in Weatherspoons, they use like, so the measures that we've got in this, they only use ever so slightly more in the pictures, um, and mm-hmm. they just drown it in ice and juice. So you actually don't get that Ooh. much booze in it. Who did we used to hang out with that asked for it with no ice con? I can't remember, and we probably won't mention them anyway in case they get loads of hate. But they used to ask for it with no ice. So they'd, like, fill it to how it normally is, and it's literally halfway up the picture, like you said. So they'd just put, like, extra... They'd look her in the eye and put, like, extra lemonade in it to fill it up. It used to be so sad. (laughs) Do you know what? Actually, that is what this reminds me of, is sex on the beach. I think I've just made sex on the beach. Well... The peach snaps is what was important, and we've all got that, so I'm happy. I will start us off with the story of Armin Mivis. We've had a lot of of trouble. (laughs) The name is German. We're going with Mivis, but I'm going to try and stick to saying Armin because I think there'll be a little less trouble for me there. Just avoid saying it. I'm a bit uncomfortable with you being on first name terms. <laughs> I know, it feels really uncomfortable. <sighs> Mr. Mivis? <laughs> We've been expecting you, Mr. Mivis. <laughs> I'm just going to start off and see how far I get. We believe in you. Born in the German town of Kassel... We're at the first sentence, and I'm not even sure of that. <laughs> K-A-S-S-E-L. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah. People can Google it. Computer technician Armin Mivis led a very lonely childhood. His father was a stern man who was largely disinterested in his son. I found that, that actual line on so many sources, and I was like, that's just really harsh. Like, he was just completely disinterested in his son. Just didn't concern him at all. His dad abandoned the family when Armin was eight years old. His father later told the the courts during the murder trial that Armin had been a well-behaved little boy, but had been obsessed with the story of Hansel and Gretel. In particular, the chapter about fattening up Hansel to cook him and eat him. Yeah, that's a sign of what's to come. I don't think we can put that as a red flag. I mean, I know it's bad, but red flags are like our usual serial killer things, not a Hansel and Gretel fetish. Like, it's a... Yeah. For for your dad to go and testify that in court, it's like, well, no, did no one see the signs? (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit of a weird thing to be obsessed with as a child, like, some kids are like really into like trains and like Angelina Ballerina, and it's like, yeah, fattening people up. I used to love Angelina Ballerina. 
<laughs> Red flag. <laughs> when Armin's father left, it fell to his mother to become the dominant parent. Maiva's lack in a father figure created an imaginary brother called Frankie, through whom he vented his cannibalistic thoughts as Frankie would listen to Maiva's, something that his mother never did. Which is kind of like, well, if his mum listened more, maybe we wouldn't be in this predicament. Maybe he wouldn't have eaten people. But who are we to judge her? She had a cannibal son. So we yeah, can't just be, throw accusations around. It's got to be pretty uh, hard to hear your child being like, so cannibalism. I really want to eat people. Like, no one, she was like, I don't want to hear this. I'm like, coming out. <laughs> I'm coming out. Like, mother, I need you to know. And she's like, gay, gay, gay. Please be gay, please be gay. And it's like, I want to eat people. <laughs> oh, God. At the age of 12, Armin began to fantasise about eating his friends. Mainly so that they would become a part of him and stay with him forever. That was his, like, logic behind it. People say this was a desperate solution for a very lonely and misunderstood only child. I thought you were going to say a desperate solution for what's actually quite a simple problem. (laughs) Well, it is. (laughs) It's like when Apple decide that they can't give you a headphone jack anymore and then charge you 150 quid for a pair of earphones. The solution was to keep the headphone jack. The solution is just be nice to your friends. <laughs> yeah, there, there was easier ways, I feel. In 1999, Armin's mother died and left him the family large mansion house in Amsterdam. And when I say like large mansion, I'm like, Six bedrooms, multiple bathrooms, playrooms, everything. Large mansion. As opposed to a small mansion. No, but like you can think of like in a tiny town in Germany, a mansion may just be like quite a big house. We're talking mansion to himself. Totally alone for the first time in his life, without the demands of his controlling mother, he reportedly constructed a shrine to her in his house. Like, had a spare room to make this shrine. It was complete with a plastic mannequin that he addresses his mother and he would lay on a pillow each night with it. Now, that is a red flag classic, like, way too close to his mother after her death. That is something we've talked about before. Yeah, I'm getting like kind mannequin of, um... closeness is like, yeah. Yeah, sort of like Norman Bates vibes from uh, this bit of the story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. After his mother's death, he also developed an interest in internet pornography, particularly that featuring torture and pain. And it was through the internet porn sites that Armin found his way into the first chat rooms about cannibalism. Getting on, he was on multiple chat rooms uh, for cannibalism, he decided that he was finally going to eat someone. Which is like, how do you come to that conclusion? How do you decide, like, yeah, probably, yeah, I'm going to do it now. Talked about it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, 
for the first time. <laughs> I'm going to do it with someone special. <laughs> <laughs> so looking for a willing volunteer to be eaten, my viz posted an ad on the then active website, The Cannibal Cafe. It's not active anymore. I've tried to find it, but it's not on there. Um, (laughs) I've tried it's not out there his ad stated that he was looking for a normally built 18 to 25 year old to be slaughtered and then consumed that was a quote god it's another name (laughs) Bund Jürgen Armando Brandes I'm proud of myself for that. An engineer from Berlin answered the ad in March 2001. Many other people responded to the ad but backed out and Armin didn't attempt to force them to do anything against their will. So I think I actually found out that over 200 people had responded to the ad wanting to be eaten Um, and actually two people on separate occasions had gone to the house um, decided they didn't want to be eaten anymore and he just let them go like he wasn't he didn't want to do anything that was like against their will so like really not difficult. a cannibal yeah exactly it's like well he eats people but he seemed like a different decent bloke before that it was like murder with consent is really interesting isn't it it's not like assisted suicide it's like well yeah it's no, I don't know how to... Well, that's what we'll come on to. Okay. <laughs> the two made a videotape when they met on the 9th of March 2001 in Armin's home. The videotape... This is graphic. The videotape showed Armin amputating his penis with agreement and then the two men attempting to eat it together. Before doing, sorry. How's your head? (laughs) Really painful. (laughs) Um, Before doing so, the man swallowed 20 sleeping pills, a bottle of cough syrup, and a bottle of peach snaps. Um, they did this thinking that it was going to ease the pain slightly because although he wanted to be eaten, he didn't necessarily want to be in excruciating pain. But it actually just slowed his breathing down and caused extreme tiredness, which I don't think helped. Not that I would, yeah. Brandes initially insisted that Armin attempted to bite his penis off. That obviously didn't work. And ultimately, Armin used a knife to remove it. Brandes apparently tried to eat some of his own penis raw, but couldn't because it was too tough and, as he put it, in air quotes, chewy. Which is like, that doesn't surprise me. I don't know what he was expecting it to be like. No shit. It's not going to be like a tender piece of steak. (laughs) No. Obviously not. Exactly. I don't really know what he was expecting. Armin then decided 
well, just cook it, because obviously, what else would you do? So he fried it in a pan with salt, pepper, wine, and garlic. The holy trinity of things to cook it in. Wow, but like my mouth just watered a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he then he then got some of Brandes's fat to cook it in as well. By then, by the time that he'd gone to get the fat and come back, he'd already burned it, so they couldn't eat it. I know, I know. <laughs> All that effort and they didn't even eat it. He actually fed it to his dog. I'm sorry, the willy's too well done for my liking. <laughs> Please tell the chef I'm not happy with my witty. Can you see this? It's brown all the way through. Brown. (laughs) No, no. According to court officials who saw the video, and uh, only 14 minutes of the video was played in court um, after, like, there was hours of footage, and multiple members of the jury needed to receive counselling afterwards could like state in publicly what they saw made them need counselling so like I can't even imagine yeah it's not that surprising really no I know but they only saw 14 minutes so it's like imagine the hours worth of stuff that I, I mean I can't but court officials who saw the video kind of stated that they thought Brandes may have already been too weakened from the blood loss to eat his penis anyway. Because, I mean, if you imagine that wound and, like, the blood loss, can't imagine you're going to want to sit down for a meal afterwards. I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't laugh because it's horrific, but it's just the idea that they're like, yeah, I mean, like, he lost all that blood, so probably didn't really fancy, like, a, a willy with some it's butter funnier. and garlic. Armin and Brandes were like, yeah, just cut it off and then we'll both just, we'll just both eat it. Like, what did you think the blood loss was going to do to you? And, okay, this is going to sound really bad and it's going to sound really male-centric and thing of me, but I'd rather fucking cut off my foot and eat it. <laughs> Big dick energy right there, gone. <laughs> <laughs> I just. There wouldn't be much meat on a foot. I, it's not the meat. I'm so <laughs> interested. In. <laughs> or an arm. I'd rather, I'd rather lose an arm than my penis. Because of the pain, or because of the pain to your ego. And plenty of people are very able to go about their normal lives with one arm. Or learn to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just thinking of the rationale. <laughs> I could live my life without an arm, but not my penis. No, no way. <laughs> no thanks. Well, um, after this, they decided that Brandes should die. And I say they because it was completely agreed between the two of them. Armin ran Brandes a bath because he was obviously losing a lot of blood. He wanted him to be in like a comfortable place to die. Um, So he popped Brandes in the bath and then he went to read a Star Trek book. What, it just left him to bleed out in the bath? Yeah. Yeah. 
I find it really weird because you said he liked to eat people because of his, like he wanted to be close to them forever. So to leave someone to die in the bath. Yeah, it doesn't fit well, especially because he seems so clear in, in that two other men had already come to see him and then decided not to go through with it. He let them leave. Like mm-hmm. it, nothing was going to be like, forced upon people he seemed to really care what these people wanted and yet he'd leave someone to bleed out in a bath yeah that's, yeah. yeah that seems very very strange and kind of against everything else that he sort of set himself up as yeah well he checked on Brandes every 15 minutes I mean yeah as if that was gonna just help Oh, yeah, still bleeding out. UK babes? Can we run you a little bit more hot? Hot? I don't think there was water in the bath. I thought you said you ran in a bath. Or did you just chuck him in? Oh, I did say ran a bath. You did? And, like, it's being in a bath. Would water stop the bleeding? No. No. Not if you're bleeding out. Not that much. Sorry, I don't know how much blood comes from an amputated penis. <laughs> well, obviously, me and Connor have done our research. <laughs> yeah. We're pros, so I can tell you confidently. When I said I'd rather lose an arm than lose a penis earlier, it was out of experience. <laughs> I was looking back now and thinking, I really should have gone for the arm. <laughs> um, oh, my mother started listening to this podcast. <laughs> I, I was thinking, I hope this is when our mothers don't listen. Maybe we just collectively text our mums, like, don't listen to t- episode 12. Just don't. Armin had left him there, obviously checking on him every 15 minutes, just in case. But for a couple of hours, and he still hadn't died. So after long hesitation, and he actually did pray quite a lot, he decided that the nicest thing to do would be to kill him to kind of put him out of his his misery so he stabbed him in the throat the incident recorded was four hours long so they had four hours worth of videotapes so this is from the start of the amputee to i believe him killing him so that's like a long period of time um after Armin had killed him, he dismembered him um, and then ate the corpse over the next 10 months. He stored actual, like the actual body parts in a freezer under pizza boxes, consuming up to 20 kilograms, so that's about 44 pounds of flesh. That's how much he'd eaten by the time he was caught. That's a third of me. <laughs> so what third would you like to uh, donate <laughs> I was literally just thinking like is he including his penis is he including his one arm like how are we breaking up this third <laughs> oh a third of my weight just my penis <laughs> according to prosecutors Armin committed the acts for sexual pleasure like Hannibal Lecter from Science of the Lambs, Armin took great pleasure in preparing his first meal of human flesh. 
So after he died, dismembered the body, put it wherever he needed to put it, and then he decided to dine on the meat. He set a table with candles and his best dishes, opened a bottle of his finest South African wine. He chose a piece of rump steak, so a piece from his back for the special occasion, and prepared it with potatoes and sprouts. He told the court that the meat tasted like pork, but stronger, more substantial. Over a period of 10 months, Armin defrosted and cooked several parts of the body in olive oil and garlic. And this is a quote. With every bite, my memory of him grew stronger. And he was able to revisit the memorable evening of his life again and again through every meal. Sorry, this this is just quite disturbing. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I said the whole graphic thing. So in all, Muse was able to carve off about 65 pounds of flesh from the body. And he even tried to grind his bones to make flour. I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. Like who wants bread baked with bones? I don't know how he thought that was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, because isn't flour like wheat? It's wheat and like, did you ever go to St. Fagans and they had the flour mill and you'd put some oats on a stone and then you'd shake the stone. Yeah. So grind the wheat and the oats down and you'd get like a centimetre of flour after 45 minutes of hard graft. Like how did he think he was going to get bones to do that? Why then? Leftovers like teeth and inedible organs were buried in his back garden next to his home. When the meat began to run low, Armin jumped back online and began to search for another victim. I don't know if this is the time to have another cocktail because I'm slightly traumatised and I did the research. Yeah, let's uh, go for the next drink, guys, and uh, go easy on the poop snaps. where I'd normally put that little drink sound to symbolise us having a break. Instead, I'm going to apologise for the really drastic shift in audio. I don't know why it did this to Molly. It was new tech. We think we figured it out for this week. Hi, and welcome back. We've all got our refreshed cocktails, and we hope you have too. Um, So, Molly, if you would like to take it away and carry on. Yeah, so you caught me on it. Well, for the cocktail then. Oh, sorry, it's really cool. I just started doing the air guns at the same time. Fireworks started going off outside and it felt so <laughs> cool. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Connor has sound effects for his life now. <laughs> so Armin was arrested in December 2002 when a college student alerted authorities to a new ad for a victim online, which must have been awkward because... They must have been like, well, how do you know? And he was like, oh, I'm on the website. And they're like, what website? And he's like, Cannibal Cafe. <laughs> like, slightly incriminating yourself there. Investigators searched Armin's home and found the body parts and the videotape of the killing. On the 30th of January 2004, Armin was convicted of manslaughter and sentenced to eight years and six months in prison. The case attracted considerable media attention, which is like, yeah, obviously. Understandably. 
<laughs> when speaking to a German newspaper, I'm an admitted cannibalizing Brandes and expressed regret for his actions. He added he wants to write a biography with the aim of deterring anyone wanting to follow in his footsteps. Websites dedicated to Armin started appearing after his 2002 arrest with people advertising for willing victims. They should go for treatment so it doesn't escalate like it did with me, said Armin. While in prison, Armin actually decided to go vegetarian. <laughs> yes, I know. Turned over a proper newbie. <laughs> um, I did also, I haven't written about it, but I did also find out that being, can't remember if being a cannibal or like acting on your cannibalistic fantasies wasn't actually illegal in Germany at the time. It was. So he wasn't arrested for being a cannibal. Yeah. Or like uh, for, for acting on this. No, being a cannibal wasn't illegal in Germany. It's actually not illegal in loads of different places. It's very strange, but yeah, so it'll be that. So he was actually arrested um, for like disturbing the peace of the dead rather than like being a cannibal because they couldn't be like, oh, we're arresting you for being a cannibal when it wasn't illegal. They had to throw in this disturbing the peace of the dead in order for him to actually get arrested in the first place. I know, it's so, it's so weird to think. <laughs> so weird. This is like 2002, so it wasn't a lifetime ago. And yet they had to be like, well, we've got to find something to arrest him on. He's got like a human remains in his freezer. So in April 2005, a German court ordered a retrial after prosecutors appealed Armin's sentence, arguing that he should have been convicted with murder because he was previously convicted with man's daughter. Um, and the reason was because he killed for sexual gratification. So that's the motive that was proven by the videotape. So obviously, like, man's daughter is then, like, it's kind of not premeditated or, like, off the sometimes spontaneous like it's never usually a plan for man's daughter but the videotapes shows that there was a definite, a, plan. a definite plan a definite motive I also do want to mention that the police did have access to the pages and pages and pages of emails between Armin and the man that he did eat completely showing that everything was consensual the man was happy to be killed eaten everything so there was physical evidence that this man was consenting to the whole thing the consent obviously gets blurry with the sleeping pills and the alcohol yeah no so the well the man like consented beforehand yeah if you say i want to have sex and then have 20 sleeping pills and a bottle of peach snaps and someone else doesn't yeah that sex is dodgy yeah so there's like like the other men that went over to his house then yeah. decided to back out he left and it was all fine probably like yeah like you said after the sleeping pills and peach snaps it's harder to convey that you're not consenting yeah the court ruled the original trial had ignored the significance of the video, 
disproving the argument that Armin only killed because he'd been asked to kill. So in the original trial, his defense were pro proposing the idea that he was only killing this guy because this guy had asked to be killed. And then it comes into the whole thing of like, even if he hadn't been eating him or whatever, like it's the whole thing of euthanasia. And should he have committed this crime if man really wanted him to commit the crime? Like, I know it's that one step further because he's eaten them. But then, like we said, with um, a couple of the Harold Shipman ones, like if they're asking you to kill them, does it like it? The lines are so blurred. Yeah. In like at his retrial, a psychologist stated that Armin could reoffend and that he still had fantasies about devouring the flesh of young people. On the 10th of May 2006, a court in Frankfurt convicted Armin of murder and sentenced him to life imprisonment. So the first time it was manslaughter, he had eight and a half years. Six and a half or eight and a half years. And then the second time it was full-blown murder and it was life imprisonment. So, as I said, I find it really weird because, yeah, like you said, it's like euthanasia is the first argument you come up against. But if you go to Switzerland so that they can, you can do that. The one thing you're not allowed to do is take any mind altering drugs. So you can't consent to, you can't consent to die, then get absolutely bladdered and then be killed. It's, What's not a mind altering drug, though? Like you're not allowed to have alcohol. Yeah, you but like be... morphine—that—that's mind altering, and surely that's the one thing that would take away the pain. I think it's—it's it's not a pain thing. You're stuck. Um, from what I remember in school, and this was like year nine, um, you—they take a drug that numbs the stomach specifically. Oh, okay. So you don't get oh. sick rather than. You don't stop, feel the pain. It stops your body throwing up the poison. So you go to Switzerland, you drink one thing which is which numbs your stomach, and then you drink the next thing. Funnily enough, also all on video. Mm. You have does to it, say on video that you consent to die. Yeah, I was gonna say, does is that like for the consent thing? Yeah. And like yeah, and then it's weird because his enjoyment then comes into play in the murder. In that it was for his gratification and the man he killed that he killed him. But mm. I've always said of, and maybe there's executioners in America who'll roast me for this, but I don't really care, is that if you are in America and your job is to work the electric chair or to inject poison into someone's bait, vein surely you derive a bit of pleasure from that that's a very strange job to ever have yeah because it's kind I think of you have to be a specific kind of person to be able to do that definitely i think you have to have specific characteristics and you have to i don't know either derive pleasure or distance yourself completely from being able to take action so drastically yeah, because does it get to that point where it's like um, you're 
getting like a sense of oh this is justice so this is acceptable like you know in in america and stuff if you're the one that administers the um because with the lethal injection they give you like three drugs don't they They give you like a painkiller they give you like the poison they give you something else um and yeah whether it's i mean because Sorry to all our American listeners, but America is a very strange place where the lines of like justice and like what we would probably say was like sort of vigilante justice are very blurred in some cases. Like if someone goes and shoots somebody, sometimes they can get let off because it's like seen as vigilante justice. They were a bad person and the what was it Trump said? A good guy with a gun. That was what yeah. all the NRA crazy people always talk about. Like a, a good guy with a gun will stop a bad guy with a gun. And it's like, they're still both shooting people. Um, mm. So it's, it's that, yeah, strange. I mean, with this case, personally, I don't know about him being tried for murder. Because I think... I was just going to ask, do you think that he should have been convicted of manslaughter or murder? I think it's a very hard one because manslaughter usually is in cases of, yeah, not premeditated. It's in self-defence, things like that. But then you do get, so some cases of, like, domestic violence where someone has been living under this for years and would maybe start planning it but would never think to act on it. And then suddenly they're pushed to that limit and they act on it and in, in a lot of cases they're still tried for manslaughter rather than murder even though it might have been actually premeditated so it's a it's a strange one I would say just uh, he seemed because I've, I've seen a few interviews with him and he does seem sane but I would say he probably not is it I wouldn't say he's crazy or anything but like there's obviously some not obviously but there, there may be some kind of underlying mental health issue um because you know when we talked about um oh, fuck, what's his name uh da, 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 da. <sighs> what did he do Eddie? he yeah. um murder he did a murder um oh my god who do it the, the scottish one that we did like Episode the Yorkshire Ripper. No. Dennis Nilsson. Dennis Nilsson. Fucking hell. I could see his face, but I couldn't think of his name. Um, yeah, so he said that he killed to, like, keep people close to him. And, like, Jeffrey Dahmer did the same. And that's from, like, weird sort of abandonment issues in their childhood. So I wonder whether that came into it with him as well. Then I think with the insanity defense or the, as you said, you weren't sure about cult, I always find that an interesting one with murder because as Molly said about, and like, you have to have a certain mindset. So surely anyone who murders in a premeditated way, in this way, it's just a bit insane. And yeah. for me, this is straight up murder i couldn't put it under manslaughter i don't think because despite this other guy wanting it or wanting it even without the air quotes is that the graphic nature of it makes me really uncomfortable 
Yeah, oh, I I kind of it's really funny because Eddie's like man's daughter, Connor's like murder, and I'm like yeah, a bit of both. Like <laughs> I think the thing that makes it different to me is the eating. If this guy had come to him and said, "Look, I really feel like I need to die," and then it is like euthanasia, and he's kind of put out of his misery and it's all laid to rest then I kind of feel like it could be manslaughter and you could kind of argue on that side. But then when you're dismantling him, crushing his bones, burying his teeth in your garden, I'm like, there's nothing compassionate about that. Yeah, and it's the big thing. Like when you said that he left him in the bath and just went off and like read a book, that doesn't seem compassionate to me at all if if you're going on that oh no I made sure that you know they consented and that they were happy and I'd let two people go previously but then yeah at the end of the day doing that shows that he cared more about what he was doing for his self than the other guy yeah because like if he cared more what he got out of it yeah because like you know if someone's like injured and even though they might be annoying you and they, they might keep on complaining, you stay with them. Like, Mole, that day when I sliced my hand open and I was crying, oh, <laughs> you still sat with me and, like, talked to me and was like, it's okay. Um, we'll just super glue it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. We'll put some super glue in it. We'll I like to imagine um, in having this guy's penis in his hand and being like, we could super glue it. Like, no. <laughs> so I have... Burn penis. You know, you know when you go like to hotels and they give you that mini sewing kit sometimes? You can imagine him like, producing <laughs> yeah. that, like, I've got my needle in the thread. Oh, I'm sure you both find that funny, but oh. <laughs> Man. Oh, no, it's like... Let me... No, do you know what it is? You know when someone goes gets home and the dinner's already been long done and you go, the dinner's in the dark. It's like, your dick is in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Let me just tell you a little bit about what happened afterwards. So Armin never once denied his cannibalistic behaviour and the court believes that he seemed genuinely sorry for having done something wrong. In his trial, he expressed regret for any wrongdoing and claimed that he wanted to write a book um, just to make sure that no one ever followed in his footsteps. His story created a storm in Germany specifically, and he actually ended up working with the police, uh, talking about some of the websites that he'd been on, like Cannibal Cafe, um, and trying to help the police get to the bottom of it. And he actually suspects from his communications like over the websites that there's over 800 cannibals in Germany. This is like a figure that he thinks from the engagement that he saw on the multiple different websites. He says that he, he suspects there's at least 800 cannibals in Germany, which is like a lot. Because you think about like, I don't know about you and this might seem like very small minded, but when I think about, like cannibals you think of like somewhere in, in the middle of nowhere like doing these things to survive or like you don't think that your next door neighbor is going to be a cannibal 
And if there's 800 in Germany, how many are there in Wales? Like four? I'd say one in three on every podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Con, we all know who we're putting our bet on you. I like your uh, name change there, Connor. Sorry, that's why I started, if you know, Mold, I, I started laughing when you were talking. Oh, Mold, I've lost you. I've lost Molly. I started laughing when you were talking and I kind of like smiled and I thought that he saw that I'd seen his name change. No. <laughs> I feel like we're in the courts and we're like, for the record... Connor has changed his name from Connor Hall to I quite like my penis not severed. <laughs> Ellie's is currently grandma and mine is pioneering astronaut. So if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about us. I've just changed mine to that because now we have video evidence of me not consenting to this. <laughs> <in case. laughs> Take my arm, please. <laughs> <laughs> Take a bow. <laughs> To be fair, Con. Don't take them both because then it makes the other bit useless. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, out of the three of us, love, um, you know, you putting that as your name and saying, like, take my arm and say, it's you you probably need to say that to. You're the the murderer. We've already established this. That's very true. (laughs) You're like, please don't cut my own penis off me. (laughs) And on that note. Actually, I just wanted to end on two quotes. So he claims when he's talking about uh, deciding whether to kill him or not, this is a quote. Uh, I hesitated and I didn't know whether I should be praying to the devil or to God. Another quote from him was, I wanted to eat him, but I didn't want to kill him. (coughs) Which is probably quite problematic for I mean, the whole thing seems like a catch-22, but... Yeah, like, if I could eat bacon without killing pigs, I'd fucking do it. Oh, tell me about it. There's also loads of documentaries on YouTube, loads of interviews with him on YouTube, so if you want to find anything else about it, YouTube's your best place. And on that note, I think Connor has a very badly timed joke for us. (laughs) You not even have one this week. I do, but I want to hear yours. Yeah, Connor, uh, okay. I feel like we need to hear yours. You, you check it I'll out. I'll say mine after yours, but mine's just okay. going to sound terrible, I'm sure. So last week, obviously, um, I was going to tell this joke and then realised how inappropriate it was for that week. And now it, this week it links into both crimes. And wow. I'm very sad about how this has turned out for I feel like this joke just has to be said to the world Um, (laughs) so excited what's one thing you can say about an 18th century criminal and a porn star I don't know well he was well hung That was so good. I that really one was that my joke. own. You made that. Yeah, boy. No, you didn't. Yeah, boy. That's very impressive. I'm not going to say my bad joke now. 
No, because mine, that was genuinely funny. And mine, you know, are always genuinely bad. Yeah, but uh, come on, it's a tradition now. You have to say a bad joke. I've got to check the word in a sec. <laughs> Let me just consult with my comedy writers. What did the cannibal's wife give her husband when he came home late for dinner? His bollocks. <laughs> I was thinking of a bollocking, but I was trying to think of like... His bollocks. His own bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> That's even better than the actual punchline. Okay. Solder. That was, it was all right, guys. You didn't have to do like a complete <laughs> dead silence. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, Bowles. No, it was good. It was good. No, I'm not saying it was good. I'm just saying it warranted like a ha ha ha. God. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, as usual. I hope you enjoyed the murder and the jokes this week. Both very relevant, actually, so that was quite good. <laughs> but nothing if not consistent. Um, and we will see you next Thursday, which I said last week, and this one's going out on Saturday. So, ooh, could trick you again. <laughs> Bye. Not this one. Bye. <laughs> no, isn't it? It's last week that's coming out on Saturday. Yeah. No, that's, that's what we said. That's what we said last, uh, last, last week. Last, last. Doesn't matter. Bye. Say bye again. No. Bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. Like... Oh, no, God. It's Go on. the buys from the car. Bye. I Could Murder a Cocktail is an independent podcast produced by Ellie Layden, Molly Dacey and Connor Hall, researched by Ellie Layden and Molly Dacey and edited by Connor Hall.